Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Level Up and Live podcast, the show where we dive deep in the journey and process of becoming the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Sean Myers, joined by my co-host, Ewan Heinemeyer. And today, we have an incredible guest joining us. He's a seasoned leader with over two decades of experience in business development, innovation, and digital marketing, currently serving as the Senior Vice President of Digital Strategy and Innovation at Advantage Solutions. Our guest is a trailblazer in the industry. With the wealth of knowledge and experience, we're eager to gain insights from Chris's journey and expertise. Before we dive in the conversation, a quick reminder to our amazing audience to check out our show notes for free downloads and guides to help level up and live your best life in 2024. If you've been enjoying our episodes and finding value in the discussions, do share the podcast with a friend. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget to leave us a review. Your feedback keeps us going. Please give a warm welcome to the one and only Chris Brown. So I'm, I'm very excited about this episode. There's so many things that we're about to talk about is in my um, things I'm just drawn to. And I know so many people that listen to the show are going to be drawn to it. Um, Chris Brown has got so much experience in the sales world, leading people, leadership, um, how to get results. And, and just from talking to him, just even the tone of his voice is just easy to listen to. And uh, I can tell by the things we talked about, he's got a good heart, kind heart. And the, the most exciting part we're about to get into is the side hustle, which everyone is so interested in right now. People are looking for another way to do things. And this is one I had never seen before or heard of. And, and so as soon as I clicked on a, a few links, I was like, I, I'm, I'm interested. It's not, not for the show. I'm personally interested. So we're, we're about to get into it. But Chris, if you could give us just a, a, a tidbit about yourself and, and we can roll into it. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, excited to be here and, and share. Um, just an Arkansas farm boy. So grew up here in, in Arkansas. I've been married for 23 years I, um, to my wife and have a 15-year-old daughter that I love very much. And um, just excited to share the journey that I've been on because it's it's an interesting journey. And I think we, as we mature and, and gain, gain wisdom over time, that we continue to just grow and are able to learn from our mistakes and, and learn from uh, others around us and continue to help others out. And I think that's the purpose of what we're, we're here for. Man, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> I, I, I need a line like that, man. That, 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 it's just, uh, it speaks to everything I, I, I think about and you just, you just rolled that off so, so smoothly. It, have you always been this way or did, did, it, did it hit you one day that you were like, oh, I need to change my ways or what? Like, I just, I'm curious about, about you. Yeah, great, great question there. I, I actually was not like this, probably. I was, uh, let me just take you, take you back a minute. So got married again t- 23 years ago and, and we were broke, like so broke that we had traded in two cars, one that you had to get in through the passenger side of the car to get in because the, the driver's side door didn't work. And the other car had a, anytime it rained, the back seat actually filled up with water. Um, we, we were that kind of broke and traded those two in for one after we got married. We got married. I didn't have a job. I don't know why my father-in-law let my wife marry me, but I didn't have a job. <laughs> got married the same day I graduated college. We, you know, started out that life, started out with lots of debt, you know, the school loans, the credit cards, the house, the car, 
You know, of course, I wanted to join a country club, all that fun <laughs> stuff. Mm. No job. It was pretty funny making $8 an hour right mm. afterwards. So definitely didn't. And I would say my heart, <clears throat> it was actually like, uh, I kind of described myself as sometimes like the Grinch uh, at one mm. point. So wasn't um, wasn't that nice always. I was always happy. I had a smile on my face. My nickname was Smiley, but didn't always have that kind of heart. So I did have a change later on about 2015, actually, is, is God kind of got a hold of my heart and just rocked my world and, and softened me. Yeah. And I went from the Grinch being the one that didn't love Christmas to I literally cry now when I watch the Grinch. Oh, so it, it's a fun man. thing to I'll see cry that. with you, man. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not I, I, movies I can't see and see that change in people and, and see the um, that and, and not be emotional about it. So Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm curious, Chris, So because I can resonate with that. Uh, as far as being the Grinch. So my wife, I have an office, home office here, and my wife actually made a Christmas tree, and it was a Grinch Christmas tree. And so, but it's funny because every time she, and she always says this, every time Christmas rolls around, she, um, you know, I'll turn on the Christmas lights, I'll do the Christmas shows, and I'll do the Christmas music. And she's like, I thought you were the Grinch, but is your heart growing? And I'm like, it actually is. And so when I reflect back, I'm like, well, is my heart growing? And like, what is it? about like Christmas it's and like am I am I trying to be somebody that I'm not and like what is it that I love about Christmas and I love seeing her happy I love seeing her smile and I love seeing her bring bring joy in her life and so it's kind of like opened up my heart you know and Mm -hmm. I don't know I've always just been kind of that as far as identity like yeah I'm the Grinch around Christmas it is what it is and now it's like over time it's kind of transitioned to like I'm becoming this you know this guy that's not the Grinch, you know? So I'm curious, you had mentioned you were the Grinch and now 2015, did something happen in 2015 that you can take us back? Yeah, I think it's just life happens, right? As you, as you age and and a lot of things and the humility that comes with that. So I, one, I have the humility and then two, just a lot of grace has been shown to me. And when you've been shown and given grace, then you're able to then re-extend that back out or you should be. And we should all understand that we've been given grace and a lot of it. And so I think that's one of those things is, is I started to really understand that grace. I'm not perfect. I'm far from. And and so when people show me grace, I can also then start to share and extend that back with them. And that, that's that been the biggest change is that I've, my heart has softened, one, through Jesus, and, and two, just that understanding the grace that He has for me. And then two, that I want to share that with others. So having that grace for others has been one of those things that has allowed me to do that. Phenomenal, man. I, I, I'm, I'm curious then, because you have this sales experience, you know, you worked your way up, you were leading teams and people, you know, and I've, I've been in that world. And so I'm, I'm curious how, you know, you were that way up until 2015. I don't know how that was with your, your team and whatnot, but then you changed in that realm. Did they notice the difference? And how did your, <laughs> and, and maybe you could all encompass, like, you know, give us your experience and background of, of, of your sales. And then yeah, that transition. Yeah. Absolutely. So my sales career started in 2001, I guess. I was the youngest employee at Pfizer um, back in the days, a long time ago in the pharmaceutical industry when it was fun to be part of pharmaceuticals. And it was a a great thing. It was cutthroat. It was dog-eat-dog. And it was you go get it and you win it and you climb as fast and high as you can and and try to climb over everybody. And did that for a few years. And and then I started building my own companies and leading my own sales teams and my my own startups. Uh, being a part of other startups, being a part of large organizations and entrepreneurship and, and doing that. And then, but that 
wasn't always, it was about the numbers. It was about making things happen. It was kind of at all costs. And then I kind of started really understanding the people development side of it and how do you grow leaders and how do you grow the person that's inside of them. And that's the important part is we have to look and say, hey, everybody's unique. They all have something that they're a 10 at somewhere. And mm-hmm. our job as leaders is to find that and help them develop that. And, and I have some fun stories and um, I don't know, you know, hopefully my teams would say, yes, we saw a difference. Um, but I don't know if they would see the difference before or after because some of them didn't see me before or didn't right. know that before. But, but it's really fun to watch and go in and see team members that came into my office and would share with me, you know, they were, we were talking about numbers and I was like, don't, no, no, not, not what's your number for next year. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? You know, we're all, we're all this, we're all in a story. And we have to kind of figure that story out and, and who do we want to become? And so they were sharing that story with me. And I, we actually on my whiteboard laid this out and she wanted to get out um, and be a missionary, which was interesting. She didn't, she wanted to go be a global worker and, and didn't want to be a part necessarily of that. And so we got her a plan and she actually moved into the sales role and crushed it. Um, and then was able to then go two years later, she had her house paid off. She did exactly our plan laid out. So that's the fun stuff of leadership development that when you see someone's heart and you actually have a incentivized to help them become who they're supposed to be, that's what's really fun. A lot of joy in that. Man, could you speak to some of the, what was it from you, you helping her see that plan and there was something there that helped her obviously go crush it? Because if you're not in that mindset, you have doubts, fears, and you can't, you, there's mental blocks and, and you somehow removed those. Could you, you speak to someone like, how could someone look at her and, and do the same thing to go crush it like that? Because that's fascinating to me that you're able to do that. And kudos to you for being a manager or a leader that could d- think like that. Because a lot of managers, a lot of people, it's like, where's your, do these X amount of calls and go do this like a cog in a wheel. Uh, or, or you're some pawn to be moved around, but man, you looked at them like human beings, and so yeah, could could you speak to that? Yeah, and I, I think it's you know there's there's still numbers, right? There's still tactics that work and and yeah. making the calls, but if you you get to their heart or what their their motivations differently, she wanted out, so she was able to work, and it wasn't she wanted out because she didn't like the job, she wanted out because her heart was calling her to do something else, and I think that's something we have to all realize. We all have a calling somewhere in our life to be and do, do something. And it looks different for everybody. And our, our whole thing, everybody wants to figure out their purpose and meaning for life. And it's just to figure those out um, and, and find where you're supposed to fit in the story to, to go be that 10. And so I was just able to help her overcome the fears of you're good enough. You can do this. I'm here to support you. What can I do? Um, we had set her up for success. And I kind of joked with her because she was coming over from client service. She didn't want to do sales. She was always, I don't want to be in sales. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> and I was like, I think you'll be all right. We've got you in a perfect wow. place. You just have to help. If you believe in what we're doing, which she did, um, you can just share those belief systems and share that, transfer those beliefs over. And that's really all sales is. is you're transferring your beliefs over to someone else. And I said, if you believe in this and what we're doing, then it's not that hard. You're just helping them out, solve their problems. And then we can help, you know, that, that our customers do that. And that would ultimately benefit her <laughs> that is phenomenal sales advice and and business advice right there if you believe in it it's easily to, it's so easy to um brush over that or not understand that and just be very you can just be very knowledgeable about the product and you know know all the things say all the right things but man if you don't believe it people it's very hard to to get results if you don't really believe what it, what it is that you're doing oh absolutely yeah, it's interesting. We've had uh, 
when I was going through and I built my first business in 2015, I was the guy that was like pointing the fingers. I was the boss, not the leader. Right. And so it was like, do as I say. And of course, I didn't have a role model. I didn't have somebody to look up. I didn't have somebody like you. Right. Leading, kind of having those conversations with me, serving, impacting and saying, hey, it's not really sales. You're just if you believe in the product, if you believe in the service, it just your passion, your energy, it comes out. Right. And it shows. And I didn't understand that. Of course, your business and your team is only going to be as good as you are as a leader, right? And so, man, I had to learn the hard way. And so that's, we spent a lot of our time preaching here on the podcast and on the show. Um, And one of the things that I'd learned over the time, I was like, man, like I'm over here focused on the external forces and what I can't control. And I'm getting mad, angry, upset, frustrated because we're not hitting this, this, and this. And the, the, at the, the whole time, like I need to be looking at the person in the mirror. Right. And so mm, that's good. Fast forward, fast forward all these years of trial and error mistakes, fail, failing forward, had to really pick my head up. And two years ago, around 33, 34, I hired a life coach and it really made me aware of like the ego and pride. I didn't have a you know, I, I was very ego driven. Right. And so I was just blinded, man. I was so blinded. And, you know, for me, it was a big pivotal point in my life and my career and my business and for everybody around me, because when you're a type A personality, when you're a driver, man, everybody around you feels it, you know? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so it's a breath of fresh air hearing you say that, you know, as far as serving, impacting and hey, how can yeah. I and that's Gary V says that all the time. And that's kind of my mentality is like, how can I serve you today? And when I tell yeah. when I tell young entrepreneurs and business owners and entrepreneurs, they're like, wait, what? We have to serve our people, our team. I'm like, yeah, that's the mentality yeah. you have to have. How can you serve them? And it's so it's so just true. been a game changer. It's uh, and it's really paid huge dividends, you know, over time, helping them get to where they want to go, their goals. And it's just it lifts the baseline up of everybody around them. So it's such a beautiful right. journey. I think as, as the sales teams, as, as entrepreneurs, if, if we just go find problems, luckily my roles have always been innovation, strategy, sales. So my job is to go find a problem, uncover the problems, and then just answer those problems. And so yeah. asking questions, doing those things makes it really easy. You let somebody tell you their problems and you uncover those, then you find a solution to that. It's, it's really pretty simple. So if our job is to serve, you know, our, our, we're out there doing that every day. We'll, we'll win. It just takes time. It's not overnight. And, but if your heart is to serve over time, you will win in the end. So I'm curious. So in, two, in 2015, you said that was kind of the shift from the Grinch, you know, to like more of, and I won't put words in your mouth, but more of like the boss mentality, you know, cutthroat and everything that you know you need to do. What, what was the shift for you or the transformation where you're like, Hey, I want to, have you always served? Like, Hey, I can, I want to serve you versus, uh, lead you? Was there a shift? Yeah, I would say there's probably a mix. Like I, I've had that, like I've had a generous heart. I loved giving. I love taking care of people. I'm a natural protector. So if you study Enneagrams, I'm an eight, which is a protector of people <laughs> and, and that kind of thing. Right. But it also, what's that? Sean's an eight and I'm a three. Yeah. yeah so it, it's a protector of people but then it has the dark side to it is, is sometimes i attack those that you know or i and a lot of that though i've realized has actually come from a lot of insecurity in ourselves yeah. and to your point sean you said you kind of looked at yourself and started looking internally there's some things that us as guys and and other people out there are not just guys guys and girls we have wounds our hearts have been hurt through our history and through our past and some of that comes out and when we really start to deal with those things of what's wounded us, what has been 
um, that has put scars on us that need to be healed and need to be shared and need to be uh, addressed, then all of a sudden we can become the people we were supposed to be because we're not living from those wounds or living from those places. So when our hearts are whole and our hearts heal, that's the easiest way to then go serve because it's hard to serve whenever you're hard-hearted and, and you have all these things you're trying to protect. And, you know, I was really bad at that. I didn't, I didn't let any, my, my guard never came down. I kind of was always prided myself on not showing emotion and I could negotiate because I was behind a wall and you couldn't see anything. And it's like, you know what? Vulnerability actually is the best way into somebody's heart into changing that, you know, as a relationship or even in sales. When we're vulnerable and we share the real people, people can connect. And until we do that with our spouses, with our friends, with whoever, you can't have a connection with other humans if you don't have the vulnerability. And I think that's one of the things I've started to learn is vulnerability, breaking down that wall that I hide behind and, mm-hmm. and not having the pride or the, the arrogance or the ego. Um, and then just looking to serve others through, through genuine care. And that's hard when you're selfish and the selfishness just has to die. And I think that some of that's just age. And as you grow, you get older and wiser. And, and then you realize, okay, I'm, I'm on the other side of this. Like I'm, I've got less time to live now than I had before, right? Ever than, than ever before. So I think that's an interesting thing. But yeah, I think that's uh, one of those that you just, you start to realize that stuff, those, those things and, and start to want to serve others. I've asked Sean this question before because he's an eight man. It's like, he said the same words, you know, and I always ask him this, like, well, knowing what you know now, how could, could would you have listened to you today if you could go back and speak to your younger self? And because that rolls up, how would you get through to him? I mean, is there any way to speed that up or, or to show them the light quicker? I don't think there is. I think Sean said the same thing. He's like, nope, I wouldn't listen to myself. I would have said you're wrong. You know, <laughs> uh, would you, would you say the same thing? I would probably agree with that, that when you're, <clears throat> when you're, young and, and you think you know it all because life hasn't given you enough experiences, right? That I think that's whenever uh, you won't, you're not necessarily open. Now, I do think if people tar- start talking about it earlier and start sharing about it, we don't have a lot of role models necessarily that we're talking about that. Mm. So I think that's important to say is the older leaders or more, you know, people more advanced in their in their years of of leadership need to start sharing that. When I was going through it, it was just, suck it up, go make it happen. No excuses, which is true. You don't need to have excuses, you know, and we are, I was an athlete, a former athlete. So coaches, I don't want any excuses. Just go get it, grind it out. I don't care how you feel. And some of that sometimes is right. But I think at the other side of it is when we actually understand how we feel and who we are, we can then be the men that we're designed to be. And we can come at it a different way. And we can start to have that understanding of others and start to have empathy, which is not something we're taught we're taught to not feel and, and the empathy is feeling and understanding how others feel. And then we can start to, to share that. So I think it is important to, to do that, but I don't, I think we could, it's not, it won't hurt to start young. I don't know that it's going to help, you know, somebody may not be ready for it. And I think it's, it's all in due season, but I think yeah. the more you can start to train and teach on that, the more people will, will hear it and take it out to heart. That's impressive, man. I, Cause it's Sean's always said this, and I know a few other eights and this it's hard work for 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 you, you that your personality type to be able to do that man it's so it's it's major respect like people don't realize how hard you might have had to have worked to do that to become vulnerable is very hard because the fear of getting hurt is petrifying you know and to let that guard down and i heard the term like uh, an eight that is um unhealthy is like a, a uh or a healthy one can absolutely clear a eight lane highway like it's not they're not just clearing the uh, little path they'll clear the whole way and everyone can follow them 
But if it's on the negative side, they will bulldoze everybody that's standing in front of them too. So there's like the healthy version of that. Your your people will follow, and then there's the ones that get crushed. And and so yeah, just and, and what I've also realized is that man, eights have I think in my opinion like the biggest hearts, the most love, it, which is just wild, you know, because it doesn't come across that way until they figured that out, you know. You know something I just thought about. We talked yeah. about me and Chris talked about the Grinch, like because obviously we both resonate with that, right? I didn't even know he was an eight until he said he was a Grinch. I was like, man, that guy's an eight, and it is an eight. So here's the thing, right? An unhealthy eight, Chris, is the Grinch with the small heart, but then he grows into the big heart, and that's when you become a healthy eight. Yes, that's right, and <laughs> that's it's cool, slow, right? It's day to day. I mean, that's it's, it's like a the, constant like battle of staying yeah. healthy, and it's not a one time thing. You're there, you don't arrive. It's yes for me. It's abiding every day. It's it's taking care of that every single day and, and making that happen. It's not a one time thing. It's it's a constant. You know, there, there's times you're going to get upset at somebody, and you've got to stay healthy, and you've got to take care of yourself, and you know, working out, letting some of that stress out, taking care of your body, taking care of your health, taking care of your relationships is really important, and you have to do that, and, and understand that you are vulnerable to attacks and then vulnerable to going back to the other way. So it's not a one-time mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Did man. you, did you, did you have, did you have, uh, mentors? We're big on like mentors, coaches, mastermind groups, right? Making sure you surround yourself, plug yourself in, have that accountability partner, have that accountability group to collaborate, challenge ideas. Have you, do you have that in your life presently? And did you have that back then? And how has that paid, paid off for you in, in your journey? Yeah, so I, I've always been one to have mentors. Now, not all of them mentored me in this areas of, of what we kind of share with the heart. I've always believed in mentors. I believe they're, you know, it's a game changer for shortening that learning curve. And, and I always tell people I had mentors when I was 21, 22 years old, right out of the gates, because I, f- I saw that was a hack. That was a way to shorten that learning curve. And, and exp- you know, so some of my Former mentors were CFOs of one of the largest companies in the world. Um, one of them was a former vice chairman of, of Walmart. Um, so I've had some of these that were really able to mentor me on business, but not necessarily on other areas. So, but now I do have that group and, and those guys, and, and surrounding myself with the the group that has those same interests, uh, or even seeking it out. You know, just learning um, it is so important. Guys are really bad about being disconnected and isolated. Yep. And I think that's we something we got to do better on is, is, yep. is being connected to others. And, and some of that's just through vulnerability, opening up, making an effort, checking on people. And, and so it's when we don't say we're too busy. We're all, we all say life's just too busy, but it, it's, it's too busy not to be, you know, to care about somebody else and to take care of someone else is, is really important. So the money is fun, but I, you know, I actually, part of my story is I've spent the last two years. So I retired two years ago from corporate world. And, and I sat for a year, built a new house. It was fun. Um, got to hang out by the pool, did all the fun stuff, just play basketball a couple of days a week. Uh, then last year I did it again. I felt like I was just supposed to sit another year and, and it was actually very miserable and very isolating. It was something I had worked at from, from 20 to 40. I wanted to be done at 40 and uh, you know, I was 42. I could have been done at 40, but I decided to go to 42 and, and I retired. And, um, but that part of being disconnected was what was actually miserable. It wasn't that I wasn't doing anything, but I, you know, we're meant to work, we're meant to connect with others, and and I had pulled myself away from that. And so, you know, I think it's important to continue to surround yourself with others and and be around the people. So, yeah, absolutely, a mastermind group, a, a peer group, whatever it may be. Fourteen months ago, I everything that you just said, you hit the nail right on the head. I was isolated. I was by myself. I felt like a lone wolf, and I was just 
the grind, the hustle, the grit, the term, you know, everything that needed to do to, to build a business. And then I pick my head up and go, man, I'm lack, I'm unfulfilled, lack of purpose. I feel isolated. I feel like I'm a human being. Like I needed that connection, even though I'm, I'm a type A personality. And so I called up, I said, I read Think and Grow Rich for like the third time. I said, maybe I'm missing something. I saw in there mastermind group. I said, well, I don't have a mastermind group. I'm doing all this other stuff, visualization, you know, structure my day, doing the things I need to do, but I don't have a mastermind group. Called up my best friend, which is Ewan over here. And I said, hey, I'm gonna start up a mastermind group, 2023. We're gonna meet up at the coffee shop every Friday from eight to 9.30. He said, cool, I'm in. Called up four other guys that I respected over the years. They said, okay, that's kind of weird. I'm in. We met up for the last 14 or, or all in 2023. And it was the most, probably the the best investment of our time, energy, and effort that we had all as men had put in. We embraced the vulnerability. We dropped the ego, dropped the pride. It took several few months, but yeah. I think we can all agree it just lifted and leveled up all of our lives. But it took that, it took that vulnerability. It took that, man, I don't have it all together let's get together. Let's build that relationship. I'm curious with you, was there a moment where you're like, man, I'm, I'm in my forties or even before that, where you're like, I, I'm a driver, I'm a bulldozer. I'm a type A personality. You know, I know, I, I know this, this, and this, but I, I, there's a, there's a sense of disconnection, isolation. Was there a moment for you? I think it's, you see it because you do things and you don't want to do them. It's kind of a weird thing. Like you catch yourself looking back in your wake and you've run over somebody. And, and like you said, you, you and I think a few minutes ago, we have the biggest hearts. So it's not that we want to yep. do that. Sometimes we don't know that we're doing that and we don't realize it. And, and so you look back and you're like, okay, how do I reduce or stop doing this? And it's not just a stop because some of it's just who you are naturally and, and you have to work slowly because it's taken you 40 years to build it. Yep. And it takes you at least months to undo it, right? And so yes. I think we have yes. to be patient and give ourselves grace in this, this transformation process and say, hey, look, it's a daily walk. It's a daily step-by-step thing. And But if I keep my heart right, if I want to serve others, and I look at that and keep that lens of grace because I don't deserve anything. I absolutely deserve nothing. Right? I deserve to be to be to, for death. That's what I deserve. That's it. And so if I'm able to not look at anything other than that, then I'm able to look at somebody else and say, you know what? They're no better, no worse, no different. They, they deserve the same grace that I deserve, no matter their situation. Rich, poor, black, white, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They all, everyone deserves that same love and grace that, that I deserve, which is none, but then I've been given it. So then I want to then extend that to someone. That's beautiful, man. For somebody saying that, uh, you know, when we talk about coaches and mentors and everything that you're saying is like, man, this guy's super brilliant, super smart. He's obviously very wise, very experienced. I want that, right? I want to be more like that. I want to be more humble. I want to be more relaxed. I want to be more reserved. And I still want to serve. I want to impact. I want to be more well-rounded individual. And so when people a lot of times think of mentors, coaches, mastermind groups, they think of money, right? They think I've got to pay for that, right? And so we're big believers in, hey, man, you know, if you pay for something, you typically take it more seriously, right? But at the same time, I was living paycheck to paycheck when I started my business. I was reinvesting back in the funds. And so a mentor can be a book, a podcast, um, you know, somebody that, uh, maybe it's your a friend that you listen to it for advice. And so I'm curious with you, like, what would we, what would be one piece of uh, like a tip or an advice for you when it comes to, uh, being, having a role model for somebody that doesn't have a role model right now? Cause I didn't have a role model, right. Mm-hmm. For, 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 for yeah. who I wanted to become, at least 
I, I didn't see it, right? I might have been blindfolded. What yeah. would be one tip or, or piece of advice for somebody that's like, man, you know, I don't really want to spend the money on a on a coach or a mentor or a mastermind group right now, but I want I do want to become a more well-rounded person. Uh, and I hear everything that Chris is saying. Wow, great, great question. Lots of lots in that question. Um, so definitely there's I, I'm with you. So my first things were books, tapes, those kind of things. Now I will say this that I started early thinking of self-development, that I could self-develop myself. I think I was wrong. I think I need to learn, but I don't think self-development is right. I think, again, this is mm. a work in me and through me, not me on myself. Now, I want to put the information in, into me so that I can gain that wisdom and, and do that. But I don't think I can just self-develop. Now, this is just my belief systems, right? Like, I don't, not everybody believes that. Um, I believe that you want to continually learn and grow in that wisdom, just like King Solomon did or, or others did. Like you have to be able to apply that knowledge. So just knowledge for snake's sake of knowledge sake is going to have not just be the only answer, but we want to continue to learn. I think, you know, reading books, the Bible has every answer I need in it actually, which is crazy to think yeah, about. And most people don't true. realize that. Like if you have one book and you can only choose one thing and every answer is actually already in there, whether you believe it or not, even if people weren't, believers in the Bible or in Jesus, like the answers are there for them too. So that's crazy to think about. But from money to relationships to health, it's all in there. Now, other people have brought that out and use it in different ways. So my story is actually funny. I, I shared that I started my, my whole story is I was broke. We were married, didn't have anything. I was driving in this job and I put in a borrowed cassette. This was this old time cassettes that you put oh. into your car, right? The chunk. You have to turn it fast forward to reverse to the other side type things. People don't understand that, I'm sure, on this podcast. Um, but that, that was the world. But I started listening to how to get out of debt and build wealth at 20 years old. Mm. That was the first thing that got me, that had this little spark that said, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. So mm. when you're reading, when you're listening to podcasts, when you're watching videos, when you have a guide, what they're trying to do is just open up or expand that mindset. I was also the guy that said, oh, I don't need the mindset stuff. Just show me the tactic. I like skipped straight <laughs> to the back of the how-to. And it yeah, was like, yeah. and then I didn't always do it, right? So as I, again, as I've gone through the years, I realized how important mindset is as we yeah. really have to understand and we have to believe and understand our why that we want to do something. We want to set out our mind correctly so that we will follow through. So that we're not just a starter and not a finisher, that we're not just somebody that um, has an idea, but doesn't actually execute. It's so really hard to do. Them, which is really hard to do. Entrepreneurs, yeah, we like to jump. Line, the next it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we jumped yeah, out to those next shiny things. And I think that's something that I've learned. I used to be uh, a little jumper, right? Going from one place to the next and have the next idea. My wife was finally like, okay, you can't have more than three ideas at once. Probably the best <laughs> advice she's ever given me. Like three ideas, you can only work on three things. And as I'm looking at them now, I even look and say, I probably really should just focus on one. Figure out how to master one, maybe two things at a time and become so good, so mass, you know, when you master something that you can do it without the help of outside assistance, you can help do it in your sleep. You can do it all the time, day and night. That's when you become valuable. You know, we watch these gurus, you know, an Alex Hermosi who's, you know, risen up. He's, he's really good at what he does. He's mastered his sales game. He's mastered some of those things. He's not doing everything for everybody. He did one or two things really, really well for a long period of time. And I think when we realize that, that's when we can start to grow our business. You know, my, my niche right now is I love real estate and I do a lot of real estate investing, but my niche is billboards. 
So I've actually niched into that and I've been doing that since 2010. Yeah, let's hear so, about that, man. That, that's that, that, This is what I'm super fascinated about. Like, so, so you were, you'd retired, you built the dream house and you're by the pool playing basketball. Everyone's like, that's what I want. That's what I want. They've never thought past that before. Uh, and then you have that moment of, I can't keep doing this. The amount of times I've heard what you just said, I've heard it so many times where they got it and they're now angry because they didn't get this this payoff that they've been working towards for so long. But but you realized it, that, that and you said two things that, man, we're made to work and we're made to connect with people. And I love that you, that you said that. And and so the billboards, how, how does that all tie into, you've mastered, you said you've mastered a couple things. Is that, is that, well, I want to know what those are, but is that, is yeah. the billboard things one of them? Yeah, and the, and the investing space, so real estate, like I said, the vil, I do a lot of investing in real estate, and then and then billboards is one of those areas. So when I started in 20, 2010, I bought my first billboard. As I was looking for passive income, building up those those uh, multiple streams, right, that we always hear about, and and so worked toward that and started slowly. I just bought one, I built another, built another, built up to multiple six figures in passive income a year, where more than covered our expenses. We have no debt. Our house is paid for. You know, we have no loans on anything. I have no debt on the business. It's one of those. So I was able to retire, um, was able to get out of the rat race and do that via billboards as, as the, one of the main vehicles. And so, so the great cool. news is the billboards are um, continue to grow and, and continue to build. And so that's what I'm looking to do now is, is take that unique niche and teach others how to do that same thing. I'm man, curious I, for myself, I, man. What yeah, is this? I know, me too. And, and what's so funny about the billboards to me is, and, and there's this one I always drive by and it makes me smile every time I'm like, because people are like, billboards, are those even a thing anymore? But there's this billboard and I always go by and, and it says, uh, do billboards work? And it said, it just did. I'm like, Maybe every look, time yeah, they go, right? billboards totally work. You're going to look, yeah. you're going to see it. So there's no way. If, if a billboard doesn't work, it means whoever put that message on there didn't have the right marketing. But the billboard, Totally. I, I did. We always see them. You know, if the message is good, hey, that's on the, I guess, right? I don't, I don't really know that. You yeah. probably know better than me. But yeah, please, please tell us. I can't wait to hear about this. No, bill, I mean, billboards are a unique thing. So you hear a lot of storage, storage unit investors. You hear a lot of flipping and wholesaling and multifamily and all that. And those are all great. There's nothing wrong with any of those. And you find your niche. And, and I like, like I said, I like real estate. And I do a couple of different types of real estate. But the billboards were a non... Um, uh, invaded space that no one else was doing this. And so when I bought the first one, it was kind of empty. It is the only media that you can't change. Like you cannot drive by it and not like you have so many choices with XM radio when you're driving or podcast or your TVs now have all the streaming devices, all the other things. Billboards is still one of the things you cannot change and you don't even have to buy it. So it's not like <laughs> I have to subscribe to it or something. I'm just driving by it and, and somebody can see that. And the great news is it doesn't cost as much as people think. I mean, it's it's an investment to get in, but it's not as much as, as everybody thinks and the returns are really good. So I've had a great success with building billboards. I also then get to help out local businesses. You know, so we got a lot of you know local businesses that advertise and get to grow their business. And that's fun to watch them and become partners with them and, and share their story out there. I, I didn't know if you wanted to... Oh, well, just real quick, Sean. Um, I... I you said earlier before we started, you were going to launch something. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that or, or, or not. Um, like you had a, a course potentially coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so I've decided that in that in that two years of retirement, one of the things I finally came out with was, hey, you know what? I want to share this. The the opportunity we hear, and one of my passions has always been to help people get financial freedom, financial independence. So I actually wrote a book in 2004 called The Debt-Free Diet, helping people get out of debt, manage their money. Um, 
you know, it's not even in print anymore. Uh, it's been oh, man. 20 years. years old um, type thing. But I, that's been my heart is to help others. Because when you kind of figure out the financial game, a lot of the other games get easier to play. And so, I, you know, how do you do that? You know, starting with just something as simple as getting out of debt, getting your basic financials things underneath, uh, you know, under control. How do I start to save that initial seed money that, uh, you know, is to build and buy other things. So then we start to buy and grow cash flow. So I kind of count out the money tree. How do I buy that? And then how do, once that starts to invest and make more money, how do I keep that money in the system instead of just going out and blowing it and spending it on those things so it grows and compounds so that we can then give generously. Like I love to give. I actually did a had never done this publicly before, but yesterday I got to go give one of the big checks to people, right? When you go out and do the presentation, check presentation. I've done three of those this last week. Wow. From the billboard. So my billboard wow. company is called Signs of Good. What we do is we actually try to help break the cycle of poverty. So people advertise on the billboards, just like any business would. We then turn around and go give to local nonprofits in our area so that they can help in their area. So single moms, food insecurity, foster adoption, um, different areas like that so that we can try to help them break that cycle of poverty. It's a beautiful model. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. People can get themselves financially free and help people out, like genuinely help the, the people who need it. Yeah. You know, that to me is just, you, you, man, I'm jealous that you came up with this I, this brilliant idea. <laughs> I love it, man. You're going to get to share uh, it with people. Yeah, as I say, I, did, I definitely didn't come up with billboards. You know, they've been out for hundreds of years. Uh, just luckily, I discovered the the opportunity for that. And so I am. So 2024, I am going to launch a course called the Billboard Academy. Um, it'll be coming soon. And um, we'll teach others how to do this in their area. And it, it doesn't have to be... It's not like you have to be in Manhattan or downtown LA to have billboards. The rural Texas, rural Arkansas. I live in one of the top 10 growing, fastest growing um, cities in the in the nation right now, and, and I have billboards here, and it doesn't take a lot, and that's what people don't understand. What I teach is a couple of things: is one, you just have to get your mindset right; two, you you realize like what the end game is. A lot of people have this nest egg number they want to get to, and they have to have you know two and a half, four million dollars, whatever the number is to achieve a passive income or an income number. What most people don't realize is you can actually build that other backwards and say, look, if I could just build that income number, it may not cost me four million dollars. And so that's one of the things billboards do. You think about a billboard, you can lease that space. It can be as simple as four by four posts and a piece of plywood, or it can be you know big steel structures with double or triple or digital signs on them. And in those range, you can get into it for $200 or $200,000. And so what I'm going to do is teach people how to do that and, and to develop that cash flow. And it can start at $100 a month. You know, I get $1,500 per sign per month right now. So you start doing the math on that when you have 30, 40 signs, it adds up pretty quick to a, you know, you're not, you know, super wealthy, but you can live comfortably on two or $300,000 a year as a side hustle, or it can replace and retire a wife or a spouse or, or someone else that you would want to help out. So I think that's something that we'll be teaching is, is how do you do that? How do you build? How do you, you know, have that mindset to do that? How do you understand the actual billboard basics? What are the basics to this? And then how do I accelerate my wealth and in, in using that to compound that money time after time? So it's a three-step process as we teach people through the Billboard Academy. So if you think about the millionaire mindset, the Billboard Basics and the Accelerated Wealth, you get your MBA through the Billboard Academy. 
which then would allow you to have that financial freedom. So a lot of people have the desire. They want to be financially free. They want to get out of a job they don't like. They want to go serve somewhere, whether it's going overseas and serving in missionary work or global worker work, or if it's just taking a job at a different place that you just have a passion to go do something totally different and you don't want to have to work for the man that you're working for now, right? The, the big company that you just feel like a cog in the wheel and you want to go serve a local business or a nonprofit. Those are opportunities that we allow. So trying to change people's lives and hopefully we can do that through. And I believe because I've seen it in mine that we can actually do that by creating a kind of a cash flow machine through billboards. Well, and if someone I, wants more information say- on that, definitely they can go check it out, wantmore.org. So wantmore.org. Um, they can get some information on on how to how to be a part of that in the future. And we'll put the links to, to everything we're talking about in the show notes for sure. I think this is going to be a, a very popular episode, man. This is this is what people are, like you said, they're looking for this. Um, and, and it seems like a very accessible way to learn these skills. And um, yeah, I'm loving this. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Sean, you were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah. Chris, can it be done? Because I'm thinking like, you know, when you say billboards, right, we've got them. We're, we're Willis, Texas, Conroe, you know, Houston, 40 miles north of Houston, Texas. And there's billboards up and down the road. Right. And so the first thing that goes to my mind, my business mind is like, okay, saturation. Right. Like, so I'm curious on like what you've kind of shared, like what it is and what, you know, what you're doing, the cause behind it, which is beautiful because you've got to have that cause. That's something too worth noting is you have a purpose, you have a cause. It's not just about getting into it for passive income, financial freedom. You actually are doing something with it, helping, you know, poverty, helping giving back, right? Which is the macro vision. We talk a lot about, uh, a lot about that. Uh, On the business side of things with, with getting off into the billboards, like with your course and your strategy, Cause I'm sitting here thinking in my mind, if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, you know, I can teach you how to open up an insurance brokerage, but there's like 15 around me. You've got to distinguish, you know, a couple different traits that separate you from the other, from the other people. Is that similar to, to getting off and getting into billboards and investing into that? You've got to have, you know, certain criteria, certain uh, fundamentals to separate yourself from the other hundreds of people doing it or, or is there not a lot of people doing it? It's just this untapped market. So it's a real estate game. So you know, number one rule in real estate is location, location, location makes a, makes a difference. But there aren't a lot of people doing it. If you think about it, there's a handful. There's five major companies: your Lamar's, your Outfronts, your CBS, you know, media, those type of things that are control about eighty percent of the market, which is great news for us that own them that are independent operators because there's an opportunity. If you ever want to sell, I have 10 buyers um, tomorrow paying me top dollar and bidding against each other to buy my assets. So I think you you do have to look at location. You don't want to put one out where there's no one driving and anything like that. You want to put them in good locations. So finding a location is important. Finding, But there's lots of those. The growth happens in phases and in cycles. So one area that's bad now We'll be good again in a few years, right? One area that's run down will become repopulated at some point because we don't have any more land. And you can think about the cities and the way cities spread. You start to look at those suburbs and new areas and new growth. So you can always go find new areas. It may not be downtown Houston that you want to advertise in, but it may again come around in a few years where that becomes, you know, we've seen that with the downtowns of our area. It didn't used to be the place you wanted to live. And now all of a sudden, you can't afford to live downtown anymore. They're, you know, the houses are two, three, and four million dollars now just for a house that was fifty thousand dollars like four years ago. So it's crazy to see what's happening. And, and so it is a location play. 
Um, it, you know, obviously, if it's oversaturated, the price is spanning, you know, depends on what that saturation looks like on what you either pay or what you rent out for. So it's just like anything else. You wouldn't go buy uh, a multifamily house or a storage unit facility in a place that's oversaturated and you couldn't get or keep it rented. But the other side of it is it is a unique thing. Not everybody's building this. There's not a thousand people out trying to build new houses every day or new billboards every day like they are houses. So you have uh, a unique play and and then there's always the end buyer because that's who, you know, they want to own them all at the end of the day. And so you do have a, a way to create value immediately. And, and most people don't realize this. When you buy a multifamily house or a duplex or a, a single family house, it's worth whatever it's appraised for, which can go up and down. And it can go up over time, five, six, seven percent. That's fine. Um, you know, you move into the multifamily or a corporate, you start to look into how is it based off of cap rates. And those can be, you can actually kind of help influence those by driving value in how you operate. Billboards are on a forward future revenue. So you actually get revenue and you can sell for multiples of futures like a business sells. So 10, 10 year future revenue, 12 year future revenue, something like that you can sell for. So you start to build, you build immediately and all of a sudden you actually have an asset worth you know, 10 times what you did within a year. So that's really the thing that people don't realize. You can create value really quickly for yourself. And so it's not just the initial but you can actually then resell for, for forward future revenue. Can you and just throw up a billboard anywhere? No, you can't just throw billboards anywhere. So that would <laughs> be a good way to get them taken down and lose money real fast. But mm. once you understand the game, and it's an inside game, there's not many people. I mean, you tell me, you guys, have you heard, has anybody ever taught you how to do that? You've not seen a course or anybody teaching that, right? I was literally no. just about to say it. Like, I, I, there's, I know about multifamily. That's how I got in multifamily. I learned about it and... Uh, I, I tried to do it myself, but everybody was doing it. But what I did learn from that was, oh, I can invest with people who are doing these deals at the ground level and they could make all the money for me. You know, so that, that was a, I learned a lot from that. I learned about wholesaling, uh, um, multifamily and uh, single family, uh, storage units, all that stuff. Uh, it's course, course, course. Everybody's doing it. And when, when I heard billboards, um, I think you, my wife had reached out and, and you'd connect with her and, and she said, yeah, he does billboards. I was like, billboards? What? Like, I never, yeah. I wouldn't even have thought no. that there could be yeah. a course about it. So that's why I was yeah. like, it started dawning on me. I'm like, I just, the, the, putting the, the, the dots together, most, I was like, man, yeah, I've never heard of this. It. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, once they learn it, they don't share it. I actually, I'm, I'm kind of torn, right? Like, I won't teach somebody in my local market because I don't want to compete <laughs> with my own students on that. But yeah. it's, I feel like the magician that's sharing the tricks. You don't see many share it because it's a really good thing. And, you, and once you have it, you don't want others to compete with you. So you don't really share it. But I feel like I want others to have the opportunity in a unique way to go create value and have financial freedom. So that's my goal is to serve others and say, okay, how can we do this? So as I teach others, I want them to be successful so that they can go do whatever their purpose is. So this allows them to generate five, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month in, in passive income and truly passive. Like yeah. I have no tenants, no toilets. I don't sell to my friends and family. This is one of those things that it really, I put a number on it, people call me or I reach out to local businesses if I have something coming open, um, put them in good locations and then they kind of do their thing. So it's a, it's a great business. It's a, a model that's unique. It's not oversaturated. The ones that own it are the big ones, the big guys. Um, there are some smaller ones um, to do and it's, it's easy to build or to do, but you're, to your question, Sean, earlier, like you cannot just put them everywhere. But that's the that's the great news. It is a limited thing. So when you do find one, it's worth a lot more 
than just putting up something you know that you can put anywhere. But when is your course coming up, Chris? Have you got a a, de- a, a a deadline or anything like that? Yeah, so it should be probably the second quarter. So right around March, April, May, sometime in that time frame, I'm probably going to walk a, an early group through. So this isn't something I'm opening up to thousands of people. I really want to keep it small, and and I may walk. 30 to 40 a year, maybe 50 a year through it. So, and I may only do it one year. I don't know. Like, I want to see how it goes. So I'm looking for that first group of people that says, you know what, I'm in, I want to do this um, and and want to walk through this and learn that. And I'm going to help, I kind of help them. They'll get the course. I'll kind of coach them through for, for six or seven weeks as we go through the course. It's not rocket science. I'm a farm boy from Arkansas, right? So that's what I tell people. If I can do it, you can do it. It's not super hard. It doesn't take millions of dollars to get into um, building structures is not something I don't touch any of the things I hire outsource at all. You have people in the industry that can do it for you. I don't even do my own accounting. Like I have somebody that does all that. I do somebody touches all of it. So I spend about two, three hours a month, um, for this business that I do. I know you're speaking oh, Sean's yeah. right there. Oh, sure, dude, I'm like dialed in right now. I'm like, I want this to keep going. <laughs> like I'm, we're going to be talking <laughs> off, off, off screen. But I know the course, John. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever it takes, it's just an, when the course is out, we will let, let us know when when it's ready, Chris, and we'll we'll ta- we'll relaunch this. We'll we'll play this next Tuesday, but we'll relaunch this episode maybe, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll promote the course for you too. So, awesome that 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 uh, website that I gave you, the wantmore.org, If they'll go there, I'll give okay. them the billboard, the guide to passive income, which is through the billboard. So see if it's right for them. So you can kind of see yeah. what billboards are about. So I've created a resource for that to show you: does this fit you? Here's some of the things you need to think about. Would this be something you'd even be interested in? So wantmore.org, we'll give them that. And it kind of shows shows that how that works. I think you're going to be booked up, man. Uh, you said 40, 50. I think you have a waiting list. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully so. We'll, I, I will uh, send out an email over the next few month or two once I've, I'm ready to launch that. So once we get enough people, I think we'll start to do and, and share that with people. So I'm excited about sharing it. It's been a passion of mine. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, I am in that phase now. I want to give back and I want to help others. Like I would call myself, you know, successful financially. You know, I don't have, like I said, I don't have to work again for money. I love getting to work. I do believe we're meant for work. So I will want to do something after these two years of being doing nothing. So I think it's important. You know, I was actually working out the other day in a, in the barn. So I have a little CrossFit gym in my barn. Uh, I live on Love six it. acres here and have Love a barn. And, and so I have two garage doors that come up. This was when it was a little bit hotter a couple months ago. And, you know, I was in there working out and all of a sudden this little hummingbird flies in and, and it flies up into the rafters. And it's like, it's probably 95 degrees. And here in Arkansas, it's probably like it is. You guys are in Texas. You know how hot and humid mm-hmm. it gets. Oh, yeah. At 95 feels like 110. Those, those hot months. <laughs> oh, yeah. This hummingbird's just flying side to side, back and forth wearing itself out this little beautiful little green and red bird and it landed and you can just see it panting and like i was like this thing's gonna die like it needs to come down and it's up in the rafters and it can't see to get back down because it's above the garage doors and i watched it for like 10 minutes and i'm like oh it's gonna like this isn't good it needs it needs help so i went and got one of my wife she feeds hummingbirds so we like to feed all the animals around here so she i grabbed one of her hummingbird feeders and i brought it back in into the barn and I put it up in the rafter and it didn't see it. So I moved it a little higher up on the, on the rafters. It finally landed on it and it got a drink and it rested. 
And then it flew back around and going side to side, just one side to the other, like beating its head against, literally like hitting its head on the walls and going back and forth, trying to get out and, and just trapped. And I'm watching it. And so I, I see it, it hit that feeder again. And then I actually climbed up the ladder and lowered it down a little bit. This is a 15 foot ceiling. I'm on the ladder, on stretched out, putting this, this hummingbird feeder up. I lowered it just a little bit more and it actually flew down to it just a little bit lower. And it took back off and bang, 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 head against the walls, wearing itself out. So for this was about a 25, 30 minute process that I just keep slowly lowering this feeder down. I even get it down below the garage door. It lands on the ladder, on, on the feeder that's below the garage door. And I'm like, all right, he's going to get out of here. And as soon as he takes off, he flies straight back up into there. And he's like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what is he going to do? He's just back and forth. Like, he's not going to make it. It's 110 degrees in this barn and I'm not going to sit out here all day um, <laughs> with him. But he, he finally, so I lower it one more time, just a little bit lower. And he finally came down there and landed on it and, and got a drink. And so I think that's, you know, as he's looking at it, he finally looks out and he flies out the door. And I just sat there for a second and thought, man, how many times have I been that hummingbird? Or I've mm-hmm. walked into a situation or I've been in life and I'm back and forth, banging my head, banging my head. And all I needed was somebody to come along and guide me. Someone to take the time, the 30 minutes, the hour to be able to guide me through that and pull me slowly by slowly. And sometimes it didn't work, right? I immediately flew back off and didn't get out and didn't have that freedom that I wanted. And it was actually back up into the rafters and, and physically stuck up there. But that's what I feel like I'm here to do now is, is somebody's been that for me. Others have been that for me. And I've had an opportunity to be in that, so that freedom, financially freedom through the billboards and, and other ways as well. And so a guide that can see that path, like I was able to see, like he was stuck, he couldn't figure it out. We all need guides. People that listen to this, the level up and, and live with you guys, like that mastermind and, and those you need others that can see out around you, that can help you take step by step, even if it's just little steps and you're going to fly back to the rafters, come back. If you can stay with them, they will help point you toward freedom. And I think that's so important. And that's one of the things that I want to do that, you know, if, if someone out there and just listening right now, if you feel like that little hummingbird, little hummingbird that's just worn out, can't quite figure it out, I would be glad to help you if I can through freedom in any way I can. Feel free to reach out. I know Sean and Ewan are great at this and this was their heart to help others. So do that as you sit there. You know, again, sometimes these life lessons, I'm working out in a hot barn doing a CrossFit workout. I see a little hummingbird. This is a, what I just started thinking, man, how many times am I that hummingbird? How many people are out there are these hummingbirds and they're just flying back and forth and they just needed someone to come give them a nice cool drink or uh, a little bit of guidance, something that they can see and lower them down so that they can experience that freedom. So that's what I'm excited to get to do in this next phase of my life and, and to share that with others. Man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm coming on the journey, man. You, <laughs> I love that story. I, I resonate with that. I don't know who couldn't resonate with that. I mean, that's, and, and putting that hand out there for people uh, uh, to, to help them up. You know, uh, everybody needs that at some point in their lives, whether they know it or not, you know, so you're, you're there to do that. And, and man, and like you said, when you're saying that, I'm like, that's, that's what we're doing too. You know, like I want to do like when you're speaking that and, and, and it's, there's not enough of us, there needs to be even more, you know, there needs to be more people and, um, people who are listening can be that for other people too. Exactly. Right. Yes, yeah. for sure. 
Well, we appreciate you, Chris. Thank you for the time, energy, and effort today, man. You have been a breath of fresh air. Everything, you have dropped value nonstop. So just with your wisdom, your experience, and just been invaluable. So we really appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be with us today. One final question for for you. And I think we've already shared, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where our listeners and audience can follow you. We'll have your links in the show notes. So just a final plug there. But uh, final question for you, man. What does uh, Level Up and Live mean to you? Yeah, so so I love that question. Level up and live. I think it's when we start to open our hands, open our hearts so that we can give, right? We're here to give and to serve. When you understand that, life gets a lot more joyful. Um, it gets a lot more rewarding. Uh, and want, you know, the things you thought you want all of a sudden become a little bit meaningless. And so you start to look more for that. So how can I be that guide to somebody else? So I think that leveling up and living is, is one of those things is how do I turn into somebody that serves more people, loves more people, and is able to give and, and help others. And I think that was what will ultimately bring the joy to us. It's not the stuff. It's not the money. It's not even the idea of freedom, financial freedom or whatever. It's actually what then allows you to do, which is then go serve. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, we, so, we've so asked that question a lot, and I, man, I, I think you pretty much spelled out, you know, the the meaning of what me and you and and I what we, what we believe in level up and lift. So beautifully said, man. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you guys man. for what you guys do. You're doing a great job. Keep it up, and it's, it's stay at it. Man. Continue to master it. Yeah, no doubt. So much, All right, level up and live, baby. Let's level go. Up and live. And that wraps up another enlightening episode of the Level Up and Live podcast. A huge thank you to our incredible guest, Chris Brown, for sharing his invaluable insights and experiences with us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your network and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss out on future episodes. Hit that subscribe button so you're always in the loop. And for those eager to take their knowledge to the next level, check out the free resources we've compiled in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, keep leveling up. Oh,